Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. Just because we get around. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And this is the show where we talk between generations. I'm a baby boomer and I always talk to one of my co-hosts who are millennials. Unfortunately, Nat and Liv are both unable to come along tonight, so um, we've got the replacement here. And it's somebody who is obviously qualified because she's a millennial, and it's Hello Amy. Hey Clive, this is Amy here. Okay, and uh, Amy, you're no stranger to, of course, Radio Verulam because you are one of our presenters and you do a show on Sunday afternoons. What's that about? It's Sunday, four till six, and it's the latest music and a few throwbacks to the 2010s. All the way back to the 2010s, goodness. Okay, so, um, right, we're going to talk about vegetarianism and this is something which, I mean, firstly, uh, young people for some years now have been making a decision to go vegetarian. And certainly it's quite a big trend. And I know you're one of those people, so I thought I'd, I'd ask you. We did discuss it once before on this programme, but at the time I think um, it was probably uh, Claudia. And she's not vegetarian either, so we didn't really know what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Amy, tell me, so you decided to go vegetarian at some point. How old were you when you did that? I was around nine. N- nine yeah i went i went in stages like when i was nine i cut out all meats but then like, i was a pescatarian for a bit that was when i was about 16 then i went full vegetarian okay so um now when you did that obviously you were still living with your parents obviously <laughs> yeah and was that a shock to them or did they are they already vegetarian perhaps my mum is pescatarian so it was fine with her then soon after i swapped to being pescatarian my younger sister did as well so there was about three of us out of the five that didn't eat meat. So it was kind of an easy transition. And just to be clear, pescatarian means you eat fish? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so, and you don't, you don't eat fish anymore either? No. I, don't, I miss out on the fish and chips. Obviously the British tradition, but it's um, no fish now. Okay. Now, to me, um, the decision to become a vegetarian is one that people make, obviously, and, and they're able to. Um, and there's several different reasons. I mean, one reason is clearly um, if you're sort of religious faith, perhaps if you're Hindu mm. or so, Hindu or Buddhist, I guess it would be. Um, so I understand that, and that would be you'd probably be brought up like that. So as you've changed, presumably that's a, a decision you made on sort of moral grounds, is it? You just don't think killing animals is right for eating? Yes, mine was all moral. It was when, like, I used to love eating chicken and all of the meats, but. It, it just kind of started changing for me. And one day when I was trying to eat, I don't know, like chicken nuggets or something, I just felt really ill and I physically just couldn't eat them. And that's when I knew eating meat just wasn't morally right with me anymore. That's very brave of you at that sort of age, though, I think. Yes. And so um, and is it something that is common amongst your sort of friends, your same age? I would say not as much. Like when I went to school, I think I only knew two other people who were like vegetarian one of my friends included, but she was, she kind of like dabbled, I would say. Like she did eat a bit of chicken. And, um, but yeah, but now that I'm working in London, I know quite a lot of people who are vegan and vegetarian. And even though I am vegetarian myself, 
I did find a very strange, like, cultural shift that when I went there, and about, I think it was about 25% of people I spoke to were all vegetarian or vegan. And also, of course, being in London, it's very easy to find places that understand this and, and you can go and buy food and sandwiches which are all um, vegetarian. That's not a problem. Definitely. It was so much easier. Like, even just across the road from work, there was a vegan restaurant, there was like a vegan takeaway place, which I'd never been into before, but it's like one of my favourite places to go to now. I think um, one of the things about it is also other people do um, switch to vegetarian diets because of health issues when you're older. And certainly, you know, the advice for people of my age is obviously to cut down on meat, if not give it out completely, because of very, it brings on all these terrible diseases that people get when you're older, um, diabetes and things like that. So there's also the health issues there. Um, and there's also a new one now, which is about environment, because, of course, there's arguments that the uh, basically breeding animals for food is actually polluting the environment. Um, things like cows giving off methane I think it is from their from their rear ends and this actually affects global warming I know I'm I'm very skeptical about that I guess if you add up all the cows in the world and work out how much they all give off it does add up to quite a lot of methane but I'm not entirely convinced yeah I've I've heard about the environment one but I think really people need to see the factories I think the factories would be probably costing more than cows that have been around like nearly as long as the earth well not as long as the earth but as long as humans have been about but for health reasons I've noticed that has gone up a lot like including some of my family they've started cutting back on meat and it's actually like I was watching tv with my family the other night and there was a program where it's part of Tesco they've got a wicked health kitchen um chef Mm. and he's actually made a steak out of mushroom that tastes exactly like steak Oh, there's a company in California which makes these things called Impossible Burgers, which basically they look like and taste like and they sort of ooze red stuff, which isn't blood. Um, and it does seem rather odd to me, but apparently they're doing quite well. I think one of the big chains is going to start selling them in the UK quite soon. Probably the one with the big yellow M, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, um, I've heard that that is definitely coming around more. And I think I do find it a bit of a weird concept, considering I was vegetarian for moral reasons, when I go to the shop and like there'll be like vegetarian chicken, I find that very weird. Personally, I always think the same um, when people want sort of vegetarian burgers or sausages. It seems rather odd to me that they want something that looks like a meat product but isn't. Yeah, like I suppose it's easier for restaurants to be like able to. You've got to put this vegetarian, uh, what's that? Option. Option into some sort of shape that they choose to put it in a meat shape plus give it a meat name. It's, it's very strange, I'd say. So um, we're talking about vegetarianism and particularly your conversion to it. Now, um, I remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, come to think of it, one of my cousins, who then was probably about 16, announced mm. that she wanted to go vegetarian. And I remember sitting down with her and saying, do you understand what it is you're letting yourself in for in the sense that, you know, you've got to understand the vitamins and all the sort of balance. So you, you, ha you fill up those um, gaps left by meat 
um, protein and things like that. Mm. And of course, she had understood it times 10. She'd read it all up and I mean, she knew everything about it, which was fine. And I said, mm. great. But I, I've known other people who don't really quite understand it. And they, they suddenly find out, oh, why is my skin gone all very pale and this sort of thing? And um, why do I feel ill? And I've got a sort of cold all the time. And there are some things you've got to really understand what it is you're taking away and if, how to replace it. So do you eat lots of lentils and nuts and beans because those are the things that sort of replace the meat aren't they i probably don't eat enough of it um i i eat a lot of corn and i eat a lot of like vegetables and fruit constantly but i don't lentils i suppose a bit but nuts i've never been a fan of ever since i was like a little girl like i used to pretend i had an an, ugh, an allergy to them to my dad just so i didn't have to eat them <laughs> Okay, I don't like lentils very much. They're all right in soups, but um, yeah, they're a bit, bit sort of awful little things. Okay, so, um, and then salads, presumably. Although I don't really like salad these days. I've got, because the salad you buy, particularly in supermarkets and that, doesn't taste anything to me. Oh, I think you've got to make a salad at home, but I love a good salad. Like, you have some hummus with it, you can have some falafel, some couscous as well. Well, that's right. That Those things give you a bit of flavour. That's what I mean. But the lettuce or the cucumber seem to be totally tasteless. I almost don't, don't know why I bother. They're just water. Yeah, I think you have got to put some hummus or even like balsamic vinegar. Not balsamic. Yes. Yeah, balsamic vinegar. You've got to put some of that with it to make it taste, taste good. Okay, can I change the subject slightly in terms of what you eat and don't eat? Because I'm interested. Okay. Um, obviously, for moral reasons, you, you that's the reason you're not eating animal products but do, how far does that go do you for example have cheese and milk is that all right i do have cheese and milk i don't know why recently i've been having a i've started transitioning that i don't like eggs as much i have no clue in my mind it's almost as if when i did go through the meat process where i just couldn't eat it anymore but eggs are starting to get a little bit strange for me but at the moment I do still eat dairy and everything like that because in my mind I suppose the animal had to die for it to be meat to like eat the meat but for dairy and cheese and everything like that that naturally comes out of the cow and the cow still gets to live and have a good quality of life. That's good. That, I was interested in that because some people I've known said, oh, no, no, we don't drink any milk, don't eat cheese. And there's a thing called vegetarian cheese, which I've tried, but I don't know what on earth they make it from. It's awful. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. But the thing is that cheese now, there are so many varieties, even in this country. You know, it used mm. to be France or something. You had to go to get 500 varieties of cheese, but now there's hundreds of cheeses in this country. But I think there's actually more now than France, I believe. I don't quite know really? how that is. Yeah. It's not all cheddar. Obviously, there's dozens of different types of... Um, types of cheese from various places and it's a big variety because that's what I think is perhaps missing with a vegetarian diet to me in, in terms of variety but of course there's any number of plants and things you can eat. Yeah I think it's definitely since the vegetarian trend the vegan trend definitely has come up more now this year there is a lot more variety for us to eat because I've noticed like even me and my mum we go to the supermarket you notice that there's so much more you can buy and it think it does get a little bit more tastier as well which is nice. And restaurants are getting way more accommodating for it. Well, I think that's true. I have a very good um, friend who's vegetarian. And, and um, one of the interesting things, her husband isn't, although he ends up eating vegetarian quite a lot of time. But she, she doesn't mind cooking meat things for him, which is interesting. I mean, do you find if somebody else in your household is perhaps cooking something with meat or maybe you go to a restaurant and somebody you're with is ordering a meat dish, does that 
put does that sort of worry you? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word. I don't want. Is it sort of embarrassing, or do you just feel a bit uncomfortable with that? I suppose I'm. I'm like I don't really notice it because my dad still eats meat. My older sister does, and even like most of my, nearly all my family, bar my sister and mum, all eat meat. So for me, I'm more the odd one out than them. So when I go to restaurants and people order me, it doesn't really affect me in any way. Okay. I just wondered. It's an interesting thought because I can imagine from taking that moral perspective, you think, they're eating meat. I suppose the only thing that does upset me is when people be... I'm happy for people to question me about being a vegetarian, but it's when I'll flip it back and I might ask them, why, why you eat meat? And if it came down to if you could actually kill the animal yourself and then they just say no and they try and and I've had people in the past say to me that they disconnect themselves from the animal and they'll pretend that it's not an animal so they don't care about the life it's had beforehand and that's what does upset me. I can see that I think you're right I mean I'm sure if um, I was asked to go and slit the throat of some animal I'm not sure I'd be able to do that unless perhaps I was in a situation where I was desperate for eating I'd been some reason and you know i there would be a point at which perhaps he mm. would do that. Um, I was thinking about this because we, we did mention this the other day when we were talking about this, uh, what we were talking about for the programme. And I've certainly um, caught fish and then gutted mm. them and cooked them and eaten them. So that's the nearest I've got to that. Um, you know, if you go down to the West Country, you go mackerel fishing. It's a very common thing to do. Or crabs, actually, as well. You catch crabs. They're nice. Um, sorry. Yeah. I don't see that. I'm perfectly fine with because you you were able to take the animal yourself, and it's almost as if like you took responsibility and you knew the animal and how it was killed and everything like that. So, it's night. I prefer that than people who just pretend that it wasn't a living to begin with. Mm. Hello, this is Generation Gap Show here, and um, today I'm talking to Amy, who is a woman like this because she is a vegetarian. That's what it's all about. You've been doing this for sort of, well, it must be more than 10 years now, so... Yeah, I've been vegetarian for more than half my life now. So there's no occasion when you suddenly regretted it and think, oh, I really like that sort of bit of chicken burger or something like that? No, I have accidentally ate meat. That's happened a few times, but then, you know, you can't really help it. No, it doesn't kill you at that point, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I did feel a little bit ill because obviously I hadn't had, I think it was beef. I hadn't had it for about five years and I suddenly just had a lot of it in one go because I was told it was corn mince. Turns out it was actual mince. And then, yeah, it did affect me a little bit. Well, beef is probably one of the stronger ones too. Yeah, yeah so it was probably the worst one for me to accidentally eat. <laughs> You're listening to the Generation Gap show here, not the playlist, because yeah. uh, but our, my guest today is actually Amy Radford, who presents that programme on Sunday afternoons at four o'clock. Yes, four till six. Four till six, they are. Give you an extra plug. Um, and we're talking about vegetarianism, and particularly um, Amy's became vegetarian when you were, I think, nine, you said originally, wasn't it? Yeah, nine years old. Which was a few years ago now. And um, so I think that's very interesting. Now, on the moral grounds, I want to ask you a really sort of perhaps a little leading question here. Obviously, you know, killing an animal for food is something which we've all done as a human species going back for many, many years. I don't know how many years, hundreds of thousands possibly. Um, so it's quite a natural instinct for us because we are basically animals ourselves. I know a lot of people don't really like this sort of discussion, but we're basically apes. Yeah, that is fair. So it's, yeah. an, it's a natural part of our, our um, how we've been brought up over many generations. Um, so, but you've, you've 
gone against that for sort of moral reasons. So extending it a little bit further, I mean, all life on our planet is interconnected. So if you're eating vegetables and plants, basically when you cut off the top of that plant of cabbage or something, you are killing it as well. Oh, you're going into fruitarianism. Fruitarianism. Goodness, is there a name for it? I didn't know that. Yeah, fruitarianism for people who will only eat a fruit if it has fallen from the tree as because then it means that it died naturally. Okay, uh, I have an apple tree in our garden and um, when apples fall off it's generally because they've gone rotten or some insects eaten half of them. You pick them when they're just about to be, well, you know, when they're ripe. doesn't mean they're actually going to fall off, so I think that's a bit odd thing to do. Are there really people who do that? Yeah, there are people who have done it. Like, I've looked into it and I remember my friend, like, sent me the articles about it. Personally, I don't think I could do it. Like, I eat way too much fruit to go along with that. But yeah, I don't know if I believe too much because I've read the study that you were saying about and when people cut fruit, there's meant to be a noise they make that's like a scream. I think for me, I'm I'm morally okay to eat it. Like I'm fine with cutting a cabbage and being okay with it. I didn't think you would be um, really worried, but I, I just sort of make it as a sort of logical point at some point. You say, well, and obviously fish as well. I mean, clearly mm. it's slightly different. You don't have to sort of strangle them. You just take them out of water and they die, basically, which is not very nice, perhaps. But it's um, it's not quite the same process again. I don't know. As I said, I have done that to some poor mackerel. They were very nice to eat, though. <laughs> <laughs> the poor mackerel. Sorry. Surely you should, like, hit them with the hammer so that they die quickly. I have seen, I think when I was on a fishing boat doing this, the um, sort of captain of the boat did sort of suddenly make a little squidge. I just made a sort of like it broke its neck or something like that. I'm not quite sure what they did exactly. And again, I probably was a bit squeamish about what they were doing. Um, yeah, OK. So... <laughs> Love the whole hand action you did with that as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, it's, it's radio, I forgot. Um, right, so... Fruit fruitarianism is that the word? Fruitarianism, yeah. Okay, I've never heard of that, so I've learned something today. Thank you very much for teaching me about that. Um, I think just living on fruit would probably be a bit difficult as well, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I do love my good bit of fruit, but I love eating bread. Is something I love to eat, and obviously bread has a dairy in, so you can't really. Yeah, I don't know. Bread doesn't have to have dairy stuff in it at all. Um, you can make. I make bread myself, and basically it's flour mm-hmm. and a bit of salt, a bit of oil. You can put butter in it, for example, instead of oil. But you can put um, olive oil or something like that, and um, a bit of yeast. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine's always been a bit of butter, but I suppose you can put oil in instead. But again, butter, we, we discussed earlier, obviously butter is just made from milk, so it's um, basically... Uh, all right for you, isn't it, if you have butter? Yeah, I love like my milkshakes, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if I could become vegan in that sense. It would. What about you? Do you think you could ever become a vegetarian? I have thought about this. I mean, I, I think that I probably would miss eating meat, and I, I don't have the moral issues in the same way, so mm. I don't mind. But I think cutting back on meat eating and you know sometimes having a vegetarian day. I had a vegetarian meal yesterday, actually. Oh, what did you have? It was pizza. <laughs> Okay, But it was a vegetarian pizza with vegetables on it, basically, and that was it. I remember one time I was having pizza with my friend, and I bought the two pizzas, and I bought him like a pepperoni one, and mine was a margarita, 
And I just went, oh, like, do you want a slice of pizza? And he went, oh, I don't know if I want a vegetarian pizza. Why not? And he just went, because it's going to taste way different to normal pizza. Yes. And I just kind of looked at him like, um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think... um well, okay, we get that point. I mean, you, you start off and make a margarita and put things on top of it, basically, don't mm. you? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's a nice food. It's not very good for you, necessarily, of course. The number of calories in it might be quite drastic. No, <laughs> I remember growing up, I found it so hard to find something vegetarian I could have when I was out, when I was going out for dinner. Like, mine, obviously, when I ate meat, it would be... When I ate, like, fish, it was uh, fish and chips. That was my go-to. But nowadays... If it's around this area, I do find it hard still. I think, you know, you're lucky in that you're living around this time in in your life because um, some years ago, vegetarianism was regarded as being very odd, I think it's fair to say. Less so in this country, but other countries, for example. um, I remember I went on a business trip once to Switzerland, and this would be probably 20 years ago, with a guy who was vegetarian. And um, on the flight, he explained he was vegetarian. So they said, oh, we can get you a salad. I said, well, that's fine. Yes, OK. And so they, they made him a salad. Um, presumably it was an option on the, on the flight. Um, and he had, when it got it, it had bits of ham all sprinkled over the top. He said, what's this? And they said, oh, it's just a little bit of ham on top. And he said, but I'm a vegetarian. And they didn't understand the term. I mean, they have been very polite about it, but they simply couldn't get what it meant. Really? Yeah. Um, I think that's so, a little bit in Europe still, though, as well. Well, it's, it's, this was Switzerland, and it's some countries like Germany and Austria where they basically have meat first and all the rest is just an add, mm. add-on to it. And very huge chunks of meat sometimes, yes. Even I would be a little put off with some of those things. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still quite current. Like My sister went to Barcelona last week, and she tried saying I'm a vegetarian, but every single meal they love to put ham or chicken within pasta within sandwiches they did it for everything well there's no taste without all that yes i mean they they just can't get their head around it um it is interesting and so i think we've certainly um we've been ahead of that in this country it's been quite normal for a while now but it was regarded a bit odd you know you have to be a real hippie if you were sort of vegetarian yeah definitely i think with the vegan trend it has made it more open to everyone but i think that trend may die back down eventually I think so. Well, we'll see. I mean, be interested to know what you think about perhaps a future where everybody was vegetarian. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to say, the question I was going to ask you was, supposing in a future that everybody went vegetarian, it's something that's being sort of in, suggested to some extent by the environmentalists. They say it would solve part of the global warming problem, for example. Um, I'm not entirely convinced, but OK, let's, let's go along with that. Now, if we had um, nobody eating meat at all, um, I think the English countryside would be very different and possibly damaged drastically because there wouldn't be any animals in the fields. You wouldn't have those fields full of sheep or cows or whatever um, all over the place. Horses you might still have, I suppose, if you don't eat them anyway. Mm. Um, but um, it would be a very drastic effect uh, because farmers obviously wouldn't bother um, growing or, uh, animals and so on because they wouldn't be able to sell them. Yeah, I think even if... Um even if in that universe the animals were left to look after themselves, because they've been kind of mollycoddled and they've been looked after by humans now, I don't reckon they would be able to survive properly by themselves either way. Well, I mean, obviously they've also been domesticated. I mean, things like yeah. cows, obviously, they, they've been bred to produce a lot more milk than they, they used to, um, or they would normally just for their calves. And so that would be quite drastic. And uh, if you've ever seen cows... 
in an evening sort of basically deciding it's time to go to the milking parlour and they just start walking off all by themselves to the milking parlour and uh, they go at exactly the same time every every day and that sort of thing it's um something which would they'd have so have some trouble if they weren't being milked still yeah and even though obviously i'd i'm a vegetarian so i would want um everyone to have that view well, i don't want them but if everyone did i'd i'd be fine with it i suppose because there would be that downfall of the countryside i don't know whether i particularly want it i just want people to be aware of the meat i suppose more than anything it'd be more like sort of museums of farming just sort of various places around the country where you'd pay to go in and see see what it used to be like there with animals in the fields. Yeah, that would be really strange. <laughs> I don't, I have been to like a lambing place and things like that, but I oh, can't you, imagine. You can go to one here. Oakland's farm, or Oakland's college here did that a few weeks ago because they have lots of sheep around there. They're basically um, sort of um, natural lawn mowers because it saves all the having to get tractors and things out because you just chuck the sheep out in the field and they, they eat all the grass. That was like what my guinea pigs were in our garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the same. Okay, so um, that's, that's one side of it. The other thing which we did touch upon is that there's lots of companies now trying to um, develop basically um, food that looks like meat and tastes like meat but is actually made from veg- vegetables. Um, I mean, again, it's probably a factory process. I think they do grow it in some way in a factory. I'm not quite sure how it works. And mm. I think they're deliberately keeping it a bit quiet because some of these companies are sort of Californian startup companies. So they're probably going to be aiming to be a Google of the future. Um, and it's, well, you're laughing here, you see, uh, but I'm not sure. That's no, not I true. just liked the Google of the future. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that something will come up, but it won't be an electronics thing. It'll be some company that's produced the magic way of making burgers from turnips or something like that. Um, and uh, this, this is obviously going to happen in some ways, and so that will be replacing the meat equivalents, and obviously the arguments will be it'll be healthier in particular because animal fats are bad for you. I do find it really strange because I like I've seen there's this burger you can buy, and it's meant to taste exactly like a beef burger, and on the inside it has... I think it's beetroot to make it look like the veins of the burger. Mm. And I find, I just, I don't know why I'd want to buy that. Because I'm like, I don't eat meat because I don't want to see the blood in the animal. Yet that's what they're making nowadays for vegetarians. It's a very weird concept, I think. Yeah, I think the other thing I remember, I was just coming back to, was um, somebody telling me when they went to, they became vegetarian. And the one thing they couldn't cope with was walking into a cafe where they were cooking bacon. Because bacon was the thing that basically, (laughs) bacon, bacon, and you can't kind of resist it. See, it's weird. I did have a job at one point where I had to cook bacon. And the smell of bacon, that is something I find like the most repulsing smell ever. How interesting. Yeah, I I was never a fan of it when I was younger. And the smell of bacon now, if I smell it, I'm just, I walk out of the shop. I can't be near it. I think it's that and... There's one other meat smell that I just really hate, but it's when I smell it, then I remember how much I don't like it. So, okay, well, that's interesting because I think you've probably trained yourself somehow to, to for that. It's, it's rather odd because it's one of those things that people sort of seem to register. And it's like coffee is the other thing that people sort of smell and think, oh, I must have a coffee. I don't, I don't think I trained myself for it. It was just that I never liked it when I was younger and that was the one that I just didn't like. I think if I smell like chicken nuggets, that's what will... If I smell like a good chicken, 
that's what I'll that's when I'll remember when I was younger and I'm like, Oh, I remember I used to really like that. Okay. Mm. Oh I see. Well, hmm. I wouldn't expect that answer, so that's interesting. Okay, so um have you you you're not sort of evangelical about being a vegetarian. You don't try and change all your friends or or get them to change in no, because I know that I find it sli- I find it slightly annoying when people try and say to me why I should eat meat and why I'm wrong. So I don't want to do that to someone else as well. And I have had the question before, like when I was working at a shop where I had to cook meat, if I thought it was morally wrong. And I suppose for me, it was that I had to, that was the job I had to do and I wasn't eating the meat and it's not like I could force people to look at it and change it someone was going to have to cook the meat either way Mm. and it's not like i could give them their like beef burger and be like oh but actually you need to watch this video before you can eat it (laughs) i'm sure you wouldn't have sold very many if you started that sort of way of doing things yeah i think i would have been fired quite quick (laughs) (laughs) i've got to say goodbye amy so thank you very much for being here it's been very interesting to learn all about your vegetarianism and so on and uh, thank you for telling me Thank you for having me. It's been a really good conversation. I've been really enjoying it. Don't forget, you can listen to us every Thursday. Well, not, not actually us uh, being Amy, but next week. have got some, another guest millennial for next week. And so it's on Thursday evenings at nine o'clock here on Radio Verulam. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play, and of course from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com.